All righty. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Well, I guess it's Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas Eve. You all get it. We are having a baptism today after after the invitation. I just wanted to I wanted to strategically wait until the end of the service so that we had as you sit and listen to the sermon, you'd have 30 minutes to think. I've been thinking about baptism. Maybe today's the day. Well, I we've it's open. Is the Mark and Elizabeth is the water warm? Where are you all at? The water. Are you did you put the rubber duckies in there like you said you were going to? Okay. You should have. It would have been funny. Okay. So, yes, little Parker Hayden's going to be baptized today, and that's good news. Some, somebody asked us at uh, Sunday school, the question at the end was, what, what was your favorite Christmas? And I said, well, this one's going to be my favorite because we get to baptize Parker. So Christmas season is very exciting to me, and I've always loved the Christmas season. I enjoy the lights. I enjoy the music. And I enjoy family time. Andy Williams said it best when he sang, it's the most wonderful time of the year, which is the song I think about most often when I think about Christmas. Now, I don't know how to explain that my favorite movie, my, my favorite Christmas movie is The Grinch, because that seems kind of counterintuitive to me saying that I like Christmas, but you like Mr. Grinch? Did, have you watched it recently? Oh, good. So the Grinch is a big hit, right? Yep, yep, yep. It, are, the cartoon one or the the uh, Jim Carrey one? Yeah, yeah, that's the one I like. Is my mic feeding back bad? Sounds weird to me. Yep. So I like the Grinch too, boys. I really do. But. All these things, the lights, the Grinch, the Home Alone, all these things that we really enjoy about Christmas, all these things are cultural Christmas activities or things. Christmas should be a reminder to the Christian of our Lord and Savior Jesus' birth. Much like when we celebrate the Lord's Supper here, it's a reminder of what Jesus has done. Christmas is a reminder of Jesus coming to earth and, and being born, being our Lord and Savior. And I'm grateful for this news, and we should all be very grateful for this news that Jesus... We've shared the gospel already. I was going to make the joke here that uh, TJ shared the gospel in his prayer and, and James did. And I'm thinking, what do you all need me for? But Jesus came to this earth for us to live and to die, live a perfect life. He came uh, as Emmanuel, which means God with us. And this Christmas story doesn't start at Bethlehem in a manger. This story started at creation in Genesis. And today we're going to focus on a couple different areas of Scripture uh, that, that point to the significance of Jesus being born to a virgin and fulfilling the prophecy that was spoken well in advance. So let's turn to the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, verse 14. That's Ephesians. There you go. Isaiah, chapter 7, verse 14. Where's little... Uh, is Grace in here? Or Anna in here? Where's Anna at? Will you read that? I like how you read. Will you read that? Yeah, you're loud enough. Okay. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. That's right. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, did I make you nervous calling you out like that? Okay, good. I like listening to you reading youth. I might call on you again. So, who I already said it once, but who knows the definition of Emmanuel? Just shout it out if you know it. God with us, yep. Can you say God with us? God with us. There you go. 
So Jesus came as God to be with us. That is what Emmanuel means. So this prophecy of Isaiah told us all the way back in about 740 BC that God was coming to earth through a virgin birth and he would be called God with us. Let's turn over to Micah chapter 5, verse 2, and it tells us specifically where he will be born. You want to read again? Micah chapter 5, verse 2. There it is. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. Ephrathah. So this verse is pointing us to the coming Messiah, and this was written about the same time period as uh, the Isaiah verse. And this verse tells us where the Messiah will be born. He will be born in Bethlehem. James, will you remember that little, that little diddle, O little town of Bethlehem? That's the place. That's the place. And one of Jesus' ancestors was also born in Bethlehem, and his name was David. And if we turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 12, I'll read this one. Now David was the son of an Ephrathite of Bethlehem in Judah named Jesse, who had eight sons. So we remember David was the, the guy that lugged the stone at Goliath and killed him. And the same David took, uh, looked out his window and saw Bathsheba and took a woman that wasn't his and she became pregnant and they had a son named Solomon who is also in the lineage of Jesus. And while we're talking about lineages, turn with me back to the book of Genesis in chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, we read, now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What does that mean? It means that from Abraham, the father of many nations, will come a son named Jesus who will be born in Bethlehem 2,000 years after this call to Abram from God. How do I know this? How do, how do any of us know anything about this? It's in Scripture, okay? We can answer all the questions that we have in Scripture. So in Matthew chapter 1, explains the genealogy of Jesus. And I'm going to buzz. I've done this a time or two in here, but I, it, it's always interesting to me to hear, to see these names and to read these names and to think, oh my goodness, all of these names were pointing us to the name of Jesus. So the book of, this is Matthew chapter one, all the way to the end of Matthew chapter one, the book of genealogy, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Amminadab, and Amminadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon, or Salmon, is it like the fish? I don't know. Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab the prostitute, and Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed the father of Jesse. And Jesse, a father, the father of David the king. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. And Solomon, the father of Rehoboam. And Rehoboam, the father of Abijah. And Abijah, the father of Asaph. And Asaph, the father of Jehoshaphat. 
and Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, and Joram the father of Uzziah, and Uzziah the father of Jotham, and Jotham the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh the father of Amos, and Amos the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation of Babylon, Jeconiah and was the father of Shealtel, and Shealtel was the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel the father of Abiud, and Abiud the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim the father of Azor, and Azor the father of Zadok, and Zadok the father of Achim, Achim the father of Eliud, and Eliud the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar the father of Mathan, and Mathan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. I find that to be pretty interesting. And we look at these lineages sometime and think, I don't want to read that. That's a lot of names. Well, all of this points to Jesus, and that's why it's included in the book. All the way back in Genesis, all the way from Adam to Eve, to Abraham, Abram to Abraham, I'm gonna, you're going to be the father to many nations, and from your descendants will come Jesus. So, verse 18, the birth of Jesus. Now, the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a man, being a just man, and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. And this verse is in Matthew, but they're talking about Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, which I read a minute ago. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, why did we go through all of that? We went through all of that to make this point. All of Scripture points to the coming Messiah. We think about the story of Abraham all the way back in Genesis. That is leading us to the Messiah. We think about Isaiah, the prophecy of Isaiah, the prophecy of Micah, uh, talking about where the Savior will be born, talking about he will be born to a virgin. All these things are pointing to Jesus. So all the way back in Genesis chapter 12, when God calls Abram to be the father of many nations, all the way back to 1 Samuel when David was born in Bethlehem, David was chosen to be a part of the lineage of Christ uh, from the creation of time, but this is in uh, the 1000s BC. All the way back to Isaiah chapter 7, we, we prophesied the virgin birth, uh, back to Micah, where he would be born, and then to Matthew chapter 1, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem to a virgin woman named Mary, and Emmanuel was born into this earth as God and man. And all of this is important. All of this is the reason that we show up here every week and that we live for Jesus as believers. We're, Christmas is not a, it's not, I have written in here, it's an annual reminder to us of Jesus coming to earth, but we should, we, we should know this on a daily basis. So all of this is very important. Scripture points us to Jesus from beginning to end, but why? 
And again, we're going to let Scripture answer the question. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And there is, no, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And Peter is speaking to the Sanhedrin here in the book of Acts. And the same Sanhedrin that did, he, he's, it, this is a call for them to believe in the Jesus that they helped crucify. And he's saying, he's the one that offers us salvation. He's the one and the only one. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under which heaven, under he, name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So, Sometimes we get lukewarm and we forget. You know, we think about Jesus and we just don't see. There's power. There's so much power in this verse. I could read it over and over and over and just think, wow, that is, that is a, that's, a great, that's a great summary of the importance of Jesus. There's salvation in no one else. The message that, that Peter's telling the Sanhedrin here is the same message that we need to hear daily. The only way that we can be saved is by our belief in Jesus. So Christmas is about Jesus. We're here to celebrate Jesus. Christmas is not about stockings hanging from the ceiling, or the ceiling. We don't hang from the ceiling. I hope you don't. From the mantle. Uh, it's not about Santa Claus and opening gifts. It's not about the Grinch. I hate to break all y'all's little hearts out there. It's not about home alone. Christmas is about knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior and knowing that there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And Jesus himself said it in John chapter 14, verse 6. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And Jesus is Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means what? God with us. He came to this earth to be with us, and he came to this earth for us. So Christmas is our annual reminder that Jesus is still God. He was God in Genesis. He was God in Isaiah. He was God in Micah. He was God in Acts. He is God in Revolu Revolution. Revelation. Jesus is God. He is our God. And I pray that, again, I pray that Christmas isn't, we're not like, oh, yeah, I remember that, Jesus. It's Christmas time. We better think about that. This should be a daily occurrence. We should have the joy of Christmas every day in our lives. And, and I'm kind of dogging on cultural Christmas a little bit. Christmas, is it's fun. I like it. I love it. I, I don't want some more of it. I, <laughs> I do not like the gift aspect of Christmas. It stresses me out. I see all these boxes, and, and I know that these kids aren't going to care about these toys in five minutes. So it just that part stresses me out. But we can celebrate cultural Christmas. Don't, don't have to be real legalistic. Enjoy Christmas time. We don't have to throw these things away, but these things that I'm talking about, the desserts, the food, the lights, the, the Grinch, all these things are a laughing matter as it relates to the good news of Christmas, the gospel, that Jesus came for us. He came to save us. And that needs to, that needs to be on our mind every morning when we wake up. The good news is that Jesus was introduced to this world as a baby, born in Bethlehem as forecasted a thousand years before it ever happened. And God knew from the beginning of time that it was going to happen, but it became, we can look back and see that it was prophesied well in advance. He lived a perfect life and he died a violent death. And for what? 
Can anybody answer that question? For you and me, for us. He did this for us. So if we see that as truth, if we see this, this should, we should see this as the most important driving force of our life, that if we believe Jesus is who He says He is, our lives should look different, vastly different than the world. And sometimes I scratch my head and I think, do I look much different than the world? And it makes me nervous sometimes when I really, when I really stop to think about it. So think about that in your own life. Do I look different than the world? Do I believe, I say that I believe what Jesus did to be true, but am I living that out? Salvation is a gift. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So the truth is that not everybody is saved. That is the truth. But we all have the opportunity for salvation. It, God, think about salvation as a Christmas gift. God has wrapped this perfect gift. It's wrapped perfectly in the flesh of Jesus. And he's, He says, here, it's here if you want it. So it's a choice to us. We're, some of us here in this room have, have opened that gift. And it'll, it'll change, that changes and drives your whole life. Salvation is wrapped perfectly in the flesh of Jesus Christ Himself. And He offers us this gift at the cross, if we believe this. For by grace you have been saved through faith. We are saved by grace through faith. Do you have faith? That's all you need to be saved. Faith. Childlike faith. Mustard seed faith. Have a little bit of faith. If you weren't saved when you walked into the building this morning, I pray that you leave here with a saving relationship with Jesus. And you might be thinking, well, how do I do that? Okay. You decide today, right now, to start living for Christ rather than living for yourself. And then you'll, you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're not going to be at church tomorrow and you're going to think, well, how do I follow Jesus today? I'm not at church. Well, we still got to do it Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. We're here on Wednesday, some of us. But we do this. This is done independently by opening that Bible up, by calling your friend and saying, okay, I, I still want to follow Jesus today. How do I do that? Okay? So, it's a daily thing. We're gonna, you choose today to follow Jesus. You wake up tomorrow and you're still following Him. And you repeat that process all the days of your life until one day you're going to die. And then you get to meet Jesus, the same Jesus you've been following day by day. You get to meet Him face to face. So now we're thinking, okay, that sounds good to me. What do I do now? You walk forward and you say, preacher. That's what Chuck calls me. He calls me preacher. And Berthy, I don't, where's Berthy at? She calls me preacher too. I like it. Makes me feel like I'm in a cowboy movie or something. So you say, preacher? That's, that, the emphasis is from Chuck. Chuck says, hey, preacher, every time I go in there. Preacher, I want to follow Jesus. That's what we're saying. We're, we walk forward today and we say, preacher, I want to follow. You don't have to call me preacher. That's for Chuck and Berthy. You walk forward and you say, I want to follow Jesus. How do I start? Well, the first thing you do is you get in that baptism that we filled up and you tell everybody in this room I want to follow Jesus all the days of my life and I am going to mess up I know that to be true has anybody else that has claimed Christ ever messed up before yeah so that's going to happen but you say preacher how do I do that you walk forward and you I'll you tell me I want to follow Jesus and I'll smile and I'll give you a hug 
and then we'll get in that baptismal right after me and Parker, and you go home after that, and you celebrate Christmas the right way, probably maybe for the first time ever, and you do this every day for the rest of your life until you die. That is the Christian life. You follow Jesus on a daily basis. That's what you do. Many of us in this room have chosen to do this. So if that's you right now and you've decided that you want to spend eternity following the God that created you, following the God that sent His Son to this earth as a baby, come forward and declare it in front of these people. It's not, in, it's not embarrassing. It's the, greatest, it's the greatest celebration, one of the greatest celebrations of the Christian, apart from death. Death is really the greatest celebration for a Christian because you get to leave this earth where we hang lights on our houses that we owe money on until we die, and we do all these silly things. But death for the Christian is a great celebration. Aside from that, baptism is another one. So if, if, if this is you today and, that, and that's what you want to do, come forward and uh, we'll get that taken care of and you can continue to follow Jesus here at Bellevue Baptist. Or, or if, you, if you don't live at Bellevue and you're just visiting, there's churches everywhere. Find one where you live. But, but we, can, we follow Jesus on a daily basis. Jesus came to earth as an as a infant and lived a perfect life and died a death on the cross for us. That is the reason. And He's wrapped this gift of salvation for us, and all we have to do is open it. And I promise you that when you open it up and you walk with Christ, it'll be the best decision that you've ever made. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved, and that name is Jesus. So let's choose today to follow Jesus. It's, it's, it's not the easiest thing to do, I can promise you that, but it's the best choice that you can make. And we're going to baptize Parker, and I'm not kidding, if you've been thinking about baptism for the last however long, f- feel free to just stand up and say, I want to join with you today. We can do it today. People, If your family's not here, they can watch online. It's recorded. I see myself every week on that Facebook page. So... Parker, here in a minute, you'll come forward. You'll, you can come up here and then we'll go back there. And anybody else that, that wants to walk with Christ uh, through believer's baptism, that is great news. Somebody, somebody go start the truck so he's not cold when he gets out of that water. I'm guessing you didn't bring a change of clothes. That's all right. It's the way we like it. All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I'm grateful that, uh, that you've given us the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus, and that you sent Him to earth to die on the cross for us. And uh, I just pray that if there's anybody else in here that wants to be baptized, that they would come forward and uh, jump in that baptismal with uh, childlike faith and mustard seed faith and just a lot of joy just to make, uh, just to make this Christmas season uh, a real celebration for for you and not for the things of this world, but that we celebrate you because uh, you are the the one that gave your life for us and we should choose to sacrifice our lives for you because of that. And uh, again, I just pray that if there's anybody that that wants to take that step of obedience, that they would do so now. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs)